divinely connected us to, connected this church to. We just had Pastor Ike, we got Reverend Ricky coming, and we get Brother Jesse tonight to stand in the pulpit to assist our pastor. So revelation will flow. If you're expecting, answers will flow. So um, that's just to prep you for the service. Um, how, again, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep sticking on this because I'm learning so much as I'm doing my uh, daily uh, reading through the New Testament. Like Pastor challenged us, who's doing their reading that Pastor challenged us in the new year to do? It doesn't matter if you're behind. I'm not asking you to raise your hand if you're behind. Uh, and if if you're not doing it, you could decide right now. I'm doing it and raise your hand if you want. Um, I've been doing it. I'm a little behind, but it's because I get. I get stuck on a certain passage, and I got to go over it again and again and again. Um, and I'm amazed at how much, how much I'm learning. Uh, I was, um, you know, if you if you if you get yourself quiet enough and, and sit down and, and dedicate some time to him, he'll talk to you, and and his word is primarily how he'll talk to you, and then you'll get other instruction along those lines. But I'm going to give you just a short Sunday school message that I gave the kids at Sunday school. Uh, uh, I was reading in uh, Mark, and you do you remember, uh, some of this I'll just paraphrase uh, for sake of time, uh, do you remember in Mark, I think it was Mark 4 or 5, 5 or 6, um, I just started 7, um, where they tell how John the Baptist became beheaded, and uh, and and it tells in there, and there's references at the bottom of my, in my Amplified, there's references to scriptures in the Old Testament. So I've been like, well, I'm going to go read that. So what the king Herod had said, uh, or was he a king or a governor? I don't recall. Either way, I think, yeah. Um, and he said, he said to Herodias, his daughter, who pleased him. Now Herod actually had, uh, he actually had a liking for John. He didn't want him to die. Um, and we hear this in the scriptures before where kings have made decrees because they've been wrongly influenced and they make decrees and then they can't go back on their word. I actually like uh, what it says uh, in the, I think it says it in the Amplified that. So, so John the Baptist, if you don't know, Jesus' cousin, is that right? And he went, went ahead, prepared the way uh, as a voice crying in the wilderness. And uh, he actually baptized Jesus, and like Pastor just said recently. Jesus didn't do any miracles until he was baptized by John the Baptist. The Spirit came on him, and God said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he had to go into the desert. There's a time of proving there. Uh, and, you know, all the 30 years up to then was a time of proving, a time of preparation. And like Pastor said, he didn't do any miracles until after those occurrences. So John was huge, used mightily in that to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord, um, and which is in part our assignment now uh, for the second coming. Like Pastor says, we're a remnant church. Other ministers have said we're a remnant church. Uh, so that was John. So John, down the road, uh, Herod found favor with John because the people regarded him as a prophet. And so when you have a prophet in the land and people have honor for him you don't go kill the prophet because you're going to lose the respect of those people so and he actually had favor for john uh, i think john was in in the jail or in the prison anyway but herod had honor for him and herodias was herod's uh sister-in-law 
and Herod and Herodias were married. Um, I don't know if it was an official ceremony. Either way, they were together. Um, so, and John called them out on it. Said it's not. That's not right. You know, you can't be afraid to call call wrong wrong. Um, and uh, and so, I'm trying to get to the backstory. But so uh, so Her- or John said that's not right. So of course, Herodias didn't like that because she's with you know she's with the man now. He's the one in charge. Got rid of the old brother, and uh, well, Herodias's daughter uh, did a dance at Herod's birthday, and it pleased the king. He said, "You know what?" And I imagine it had to be some sort of sexual, uh, seductive dance because he threw out all regard for for godly things. He threw out regard for the prophet when he saw this dance. So it was something that must have pulled him into the flesh and uh, pleased his flesh and pleased his eyes. They said it pleased him when he saw it. So yeah, it's pleasing to the senses. And uh, so he said, wow, that's pleased me so much that I will give you whatever you want. What, tell me what is your wish, and I will give you anything up to half of my kingdom. And I didn't know that that's the same thing that the king, I think King Aruzerus, said to Esther. It's, it, I was like, oh. So I read, the, I read the reference scripture under that, and it took me back to Esther. So I ended up reading in Esther for a while. And he said, so that's what Her- Herod said to uh, Herodias' daughter. And then her wish, she talked to her mom. Her mom said, give me the head of the prophet on a platter. And the king actually said, uh, or Herod, he said, I was distressed because I could not. Uh, so he, all he did was spoke words. So basically gave a decree, said, I'll give you what you want. But then it says later that the king was, uh, was grieved because he could not break faith with her. So his words to her produced faith that whatever he said was going to come to pass. And, um, and so he had to carry out what he said he'd do. Um, I, think if, I think if that was me, I would have just resigned. Like, nope, I'm not the man for the job. Sorry. Um, well, anyway, back in Esther. So es- the king said the exact same thing to Esther in the Old Testament. So what I told the kids in Sunday school was uh, when, you're, when you belong to God. So in the Old Testament, you had to be a Jew to belong to God. Uh, but now we're born again. He lives in us. We're his people. Um, and we find favor with him. Then I was talking about how when you're in your place where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, not griping and complaining, um, doing what you know to do to honor God and to honor your position, uh, the, the favor and the increase that you will see. Well, one of the things that we're supposed to do, we, if you're called to this church, you're supposed to be a sheep in this church. You know, um, and if you don't know yet that that's your place, then that's fine. Keep coming until you know. If it's somewhere else, we want you to find that place because that's the place that's going to feed you. Like I said, that platform has to be for your life. Our pastor has a platform for our lives. Um, and so Mordecai, um, leading up to Esther being told, hey, you can have whatever you want up to half your kingdom. Mordecai was Esther's cousin. And Mordecai, uh, the Jews are all in captivity. Um, and Mordecai was a servant at the door and Mordecai, uh, heard two of the other servants saying that they were going to try to take out the king or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. And, uh, he alerted the king and the, that was recorded in their books that Mordecai had done that for the king. Well, uh, have you ever heard of wicked Haman? 
There's a reason he's called Wicked Haman, because he wasn't good. He was wicked. Um, I don't want that before my name ever. You know, there's, there's one thing that uh, people say, I never want to hear before my name United States versus, but I never want to hear Wicked before my name. You know, United States versus Lonnie Brown. No, we're not going there. Uh, but you never want to hear Wicked before your name either. You don't want to go down in the record books as Wicked Haman. So uh, Mordecai was in his place. He heard, heard that something wrong was going to come to the king. And, and he honored that, honored that king instead of saying, you know, well, you're right. I don't want to be a servant here. Let's overthrow the king. He said, no, I'm going to honor. Well, I'm a servant in his house, so I'm probably being fed in his house. I have shelter because of his house. I have family in his house because his cousin's a queen. Um, and so he, he honored his position. He did what he was supposed to do. He went to the king. And so in turn, uh, wicked Haman actually so uh, had asked Queen Esther, would you go to the king and, and plead our case and say, on behalf of our people, say our people are, are uh, out to be killed? Because Haman had actually taken a law or put a law in place talking to the king that the Jews should be killed. And so uh, Mordecai went to Esther said, talk to the king. She said, I can't do that. And uh, like Dr. Winston said, he said, well, and I read it too, and I was like, oh, it is in there. He said, well, if you don't go talk to the king, God's going to deliver us and our people some other way. He will get the job done. But for you, you... In your father's house, you'll be destroyed. So she, she, and he said, Esther came to herself. So she went, she went and talked to the king. I thought this was interesting uh, that she said, well, okay, Mordecai, I'll go talk to the king. But you and the people get together and fast and pray for three days. And three days and three nights. And I said, that's interesting. Where else have we heard three days and three nights? Well, Jesus, Jonah. But Jesus, having been, uh, in, it says, in the heart of the earth, three days and three nights, he went to hell, three days and three nights. For us, the pe God's people weren't delivered until after three days and three nights. There was three days and three nights of prayer. God's people were abundantly delivered uh, at the end of this story. Um, but I'm talking about giving your tithes and offering, being in your place, doing what you're supposed to do. So wicked Haman, uh, or so Esther went to the king. The king said, same thing that Herod said, I will give you, you found favor in my sight. I will give you half, up to half of my kingdom, whatever it is you want. She said, I want a dinner with you and wicked Haman. Uh, I don't think she called him wicked then, but I want to talk to you and Haman. Uh, yep, so they went to dinner, and, uh, and Haman, kind of a head case, comes into that dinner going, I'm in here with the king and the queen, man, and he had the king's ring. Uh, he had the king's ring that would sign things into law. He could stamp it into place. And that was the king's sig signet ring. Um, so Haman's got the ring. He comes to that dinner, and uh, he's you know pretty puffed up. And then, he, and then, so the king says, "All right, uh, Esther, what do you want?" And Esther goes, "I want a second dinner. I will prepare another dinner." You know, it wasn't time yet. And actually, I realized this later. It wasn't time yet because the, there was something that had to happen to the king um, in the meantime. So Esther says, "I want a second dinner uh, with you and Haman." King says, okay. And she says, at that dinner, I'll tell you what, it, what my, my wish is to be granted. And, um, and so they part, and Haman leaves that, that dinner full of himself. Oh, I'm the man. I'm the king's best friend. 
No, and he actually go, it says he goes home, or so he leaves the courts. So say, Brother Kenny's Mordecai, and I come walking out with my head high and everything, and people have to bow to me, and he should decide not to bow. He doesn't want to pay any honor to me. One thing is he knows that I'm out to kill him because I've already issued a decree that he has to be killed and all his people have to be killed. So he doesn't bow to me. I don't know if that was a deciding factor, but he, he didn't want to show honor to me. And so now I'm even more mad. And I go home to my family and I tell my wife, wife, attendants, all my people, uh, I am second to the king. I have his ring. I have ten sons and all of them have this much wealth. And I just came from a private dinner with the king and the queen. And none of it benefits me anything if that Mordecai will not bow. Right. Yeah. So he assaulted his ego. Yeah. Uh, and he was offended with Mordecai. So he comes. So in the meantime, the king, oh, then his family says, you know, sounds like Job's wife. You, you talk like a foolish woman. She says, well, create a gallows. Uh, and uh, what do they say? 75, 50 cubits, 75 feet high to hang Mordecai. Yeah. So he's got a target on Mordecai. And Mordecai's just being a servant at the door. Right. <laughs> um, and so between the first and second dinners, the king tries to go to sleep, and he can't sleep. And, um, and he tries to go to sleep, and he can't sleep. And he wakes up, and he says, bring me in the chronicles. Scribes, bring in the chronicles of, of, of our records. And they bring it in, and he says, tell me what they say. So they read them to him. And, he, and it says that Mordecai... It talks about how Mordecai rescued the king from the people that were going to assault the king. And the king goes, well, what has been done for the man who saved me? Talking about Mordecai. And the servants go, nothing. Nothing's been done. The king realized something has to be done when the person is showing proper honor. When we show proper honor and we bring our tithes and our offerings, something has to be done. Yeah, God says if you honor him... He will honor you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So uh, I would say Mordecai uh, diligently sought the king and honor for the king. Because an opportunity came to overthrow the king. And he decided, no, I'm going to honor the king. Um, so the king says, what's been done for this man? And they say, nothing, sir. And he goes, well, who's in my courts now? Who, who's, a, who's in that place of honor in my courts now? And they go, well, here comes Haman with his head held high and everything. And so he goes, bring him to me. And Haman comes in. And he goes, yeah, king, here I am. What can I do for you? And he goes, Haman, what should be done for the man whom the king find favor in? Now, if you're Haman, you're thinking, well, I'm the, I got the king's signet ring. It's me. Yeah. All right. Well, and he actually says, it says in the scriptures, who does the king, uh, who does the king have favor in more than me? Yeah, right there. Who does the king have favor in more than me? Uh, All right, let's write my own check here. I'm gonna write my own ticket. All right, king. Uh, he says, "Well, king, for that person, they should be put on your horse, and they should put, put be put in the clothes that you wear, and they should get your crown, and they should be paraded around the square of the city." And I was thinking about downtown Fremont. They should be paraded around the square. Uh, it's funny that even then they had squares, they had downtowns. Uh, they should be paraded around the square. Uh, and they should find, they should be honored as one of the princes of the king, thinking all of this is going to happen to him. And remember, he's got a target on Mordecai's back. And, he, and the king goes, okay, 
everything you just said, do it to Mordecai. The king doesn't know anything about this vendetta that he's got against Mordecai. He says, everything you just did, everything you just said, give it to Mordecai and spare nothing. means to the T, everything you just said. Look what God will do. He's so good. Mordecai didn't have to puff himself up. He didn't have to say, I went into the king's chamber. I saved the king. No, he just stayed where he was supposed to do. And he found favor with God. If we stay where we're at, we give our tithes, we know what we're supposed to do. We bring our supply, bring our supply to the kingdom. Brother Jesse, I'm going to get off here real quick. So the, uh, so, uh, so he says that Mordecai, it says he went and did it to, or Haman went and did that to Mordecai. And then it says he covered his head and went home in shame because it was so embarrassing to him. And this time his family said, Basically, if you can't beat him, then you better not set yourself up against him. Because if you set yourself up against somebody that the king has that much favor for, you're going to fall. But before he could repent, before I don't know that he would have, but before he could even take their advice the second time, the king's servants came and grabbed him and took him to that second dinner. And so he ended up in that second dinner, and Esther, uh, and the king comes and asks Esther, the, the king... King Aruzerus, I think is how you say it, Queen Esther, and here comes the servants dragging in Haman now, and Haman's embarrassed, and, and uh, so he comes in, and King says, Esther, what should I do for you? Uh, wh- I give you that, that wish that I granted you, whatever, whatever it is, your request, and, sh- and she says, me and all my people give our lives into our own hand, basically make us free, and, and uh so she says that, and he says, we have a target on our backs. We're, we're hunted people, basically. And he goes, well, to my beautiful queen, and who would do this? <laughs> the, it's funny. He says, even the accuser, the accuser and the, uh, and the is it up there? It says, and even, yeah, who, prefer, who dare presumes to do that? An adversary and an enemy. That sounds familiar. An adversary and an enemy, yeah. Haman. And the king uh, says he was so mad with Haman, he actually left, went out to the garden, and comes back in, and it says that uh, that Haman was basically begging the king, like, or begging Esther, no, 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 like, you know, and uh, it was too late. Judgment had come, and the king says, king comes back in and says, even now you assault my queen? And the, and the servants, he had some good servants, because uh, one of the servants goes, you know, one of them was Mordecai, but then one of the servants goes, sir, or actually, uh, he says, even now the queen assaults, or the, he assaults my queen, and he says they covered his head, yeah. meaning he's not even worthy to look upon the king anymore in the king's presence. And, um, and one of the servants, who I imagine was the one covering his head, said, uh, sir, he has built a gallows at his own house for Mordecai, and king says, hang him on it. And what, what's the verse, Pastor Ken, uh, that says they bend their bow, uh, but it but they strike something along the lines. They bend their bow, but it only strikes themselves. Their weapon, basically, the weapon they they use for you. Uh, yeah, basically, what they set up to destroy you. And I was telling the the kids in Sunday school about a uh, time that. Yeah. So there's a. I was telling the kids in Sunday school. I said, you know, in my own life, there was a place I worked. And there was somebody there that just, I don't know what it was, they did not like me. 
uh, and try, I think was trying to get me fired. Um, and, and then th there was a time where even the bosses, the owner of that restaurant and the managers came to me and they said, what is going on? And I said, well, every opportunity I, that he has, he comes at me, he attacks me. Um, I said, you know, I've done nothing to really ag it on or earn it. I said, but I get unfair treatment compared to some other people. Um, just telling them honestly, I wasn't complaining. I didn't say anything until they asked. I said, this is what's happening. This is what I've observed. Um, and it wasn't very much longer after that, that, uh, and I wasn't a manager, this person was a manager, that I was working one day, and it actually says, and I think in Psalm 127, I have to go there and find it, but it says, you'll, see, you'll search out for them diligently, but you won't be able to find them, because they've, was they've uh, spread their roots like a tree, uh, but don't be, a f don't be concerned about them, basically. You won't be able to find them. Uh, and I was at work one day, and I'm going, you know, I really haven't seen so-and-so in a while. And then later on, I got word that he got fired. And then I ended up getting promoted and doing much of his responsibility. Uh, and I was telling the kids, I said, see, when you, when you keep a right heart, you do what you're supposed to do. God will honor you. The destruction, that the, the, the praise and everything, like Pastor Ken always says, it's going to be gone. All their wealth, everything's going to be gone. They set it up for themselves. But then they, if, they, if they point a finger at God's people, uh, it ain't going to work out too well for them. So. Uh, we're in our place. Praise God. We're in our place. We're doing what we know to do. We're bringing our supply. The favor of God is on us. The favor of God is ours. Not that we can buy it, but because we're honoring him, he has to honor us. He's obligated himself. Not, not he has to because I say, God, you have to do this. Because he has set himself in covenant with us, and he has to do it. So that's what I have for the offering tonight. Um, Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to sow. Thank you for the favor of God on our giving. Thank you for the favor of God in our lives, in our workplaces, uh, in, in favor of God among people, Father, at the grocery store, in the schools, in the schools, favor with teachers, favor with administrators, favors with governors, rulers, presidents. We find the favor of God. Favor of God is something that cannot be bought. Hallelujah. And we thank you for it, Father. The favor of God is on our giving. In Jesus' name. type in bot, you know, and uh, music comes up, and, you know, you can just pick through there, the throne room song, Waymaker, you know, and I'm trying to get ready, and I'm getting lost in it, you know, and, and then I'm like, oh, wait, I need, to, I need to get back to what I'm doing here. So, uh, but I put in the throne room song, and um, so different versions come up, too. So, if you've ever... If you have the opportunity and you have YouTube, I highly recommend this version. 
Uh, it's called the Throne Room Song by Family Worship Center by the Resurrection Singers. Published on, no, I didn't make this last part up, okay? Published on December 22nd, 2021 by Lazy Squirrel. I'm not kidding. That's who it's by. I don't know why. I don't see how you can be a lazy squirrel and, you know, actually survive. So, but what was so great about it was, and it's 20 minutes long. So, but there's a reason why it's 20 minutes long. I'm like, wow, there's something good here. There's some substance here. So I started watching it. So, you know, like our, like our group that we have here that goes up there and sings. Uh, they went up there and, you know, I got this. We got this. Piece of cake. We're going to handle this. So they go up there. There's about eight of them up there singing. And they're singing along. And you notice something start happening. The, the, the spirit of the Lord falls on the place. And they're all good, you know. They all, you know, they're keeping their composure. And then one just can't handle it anymore. And, and she's, she's just standing there, and she bends over like this, and she's just, you know, she's supposed to sing. That's her job to do. And she just couldn't hardly do it. And then they, uh, let's see, I'm speeding up what it is. So then they're all like, okay, we're all done. So they go off, you know. They go off, and the pastor's like, they show a picture of the pastor, which is Gabriel Swaggart. Anybody know the name? Yeah. Gabriel Swaggart. He's beside himself. I mean, he's just nearly stunned like he saw the Holy Ghost. And he's like, come back up here, singers. Come back up here. So they get up there. He's like, uh, he said the guy's name. And he goes, come on, go ahead and start that at this, this point. So he starts singing. He could barely get it done. I mean, he's just like, his tears are coming down his eyes, and that power of God came through that TV into my living room. And whatever was going on in there came into my living room. Even my dog got nervous. He didn't know what was going on. And, uh, oh, amen. It was, there's no distance in the spirit. And so, let's see. What did I write down here? i got to keep track of what I said. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, they were barely keeping together. So halfway through, the singers, uh, they had to come back. They had to sing again. They barely got through that. Of course, they're three singing the throne room song. So it took another five minutes. And by that time, I don't know if they're drunk. I mean, there's a couple. This year is showing people in the crowd. They were just drunk. They were just drunk. And uh, the past, and you could tell the second time they went off, they're all like, oh, thank God we're done. Let's get out of here. You know, they're all like, you know, kind of working their way back to the spot. And they walk right past the pastor. The pastor comes up. He has just this like stare on his face. Singers, singers, come back up here. <laughs> and you could tell they're just like, oh, dear Lord, oh, dear Lord. <laughs> and they came back up. But, you know, the power of God was in there. And he even gives a message after it, which I recommend everybody should watch that and they should see it. And he talks about the power of God falling. And amen, that's how it should be. So I told you that story to test the waters here to see what's going on, you know? Okay, okay, I gotcha. So I'm going to steal one out of Kenneth Copeland's book here. Tony, did you go to Kenneth Copeland in Omaha last year? Did you go to Kenneth Copeland in Omaha last year? I thought you did. Okay, well, maybe you didn't hear this one. So, And I'm going to put my little spin on it. But, you know, uh, Kenneth Copeland was having a difficult time 
getting healed. I think this happened about five years ago. He kept getting, I think it's more like sciatica in his, in his back and whatnot. Yeah. And, yeah. So, you know, it's like when you come up here, the anointing hits. And I'm just warming up, by the way. So, yeah, because it usually hits me pretty hard. Uh, so he would walk off stage, and it would just, the intense pain, you know. So uh, he would be quoting scriptures and saying whatnot, and then finally he's like, Lord, what, where am I missing this at? And the Lord said, you're doing this from memory, aren't you? He goes, yeah, I am doing it from memory. He goes, that's why you're, that's why you're not getting it. So it goes like this. It's kind of like a stuffed baked potato, okay? The memory of the baked potato doesn't give you any nutrients. It's not until you get the baked potato in your body and in you where then it actually produces. So the Word of God is the same way. It's got to get in you. You have to live it. It's part of your DNA. You can't separate you and your DNA without it all of a sudden not being you. So God's Word should be a part of your DNA. You following me? I think you are. It's all good. Amen. Amen. Okay, we're going to establish a foundation here. The Lord said, establish the foundation, establish the atmosphere. And then he told me to tell you this. Prove my words in your heart, saith the Lord. Prove his words. Let's go to Proverbs. Let's start at Proverbs 4. We should all know this one. Proverbs 4.20. My son and daughter, attend to my words. Incline thy ears to my sayings. What is his words? What is his sayings? Right? Here it is. Right here. It's also known as Jesus. Right? Okay. We kind of have an establishment here. Let's, let's go one door over, which is one page over, to Proverbs 3. Now, I'm going to go through some of these verses pretty quick. But it's because every word is going to be a brick on the foundation, okay? You see a foundation gets laid, it's a brick that's on there. It's not that I um, am not, it's not that I don't honor the word. It's I'm setting up a foundation for another thing we're going to do here, okay? Yeah. Let's start at 3, uh, three one. And you're going to see this repetition going on here. The Lord's saying something through all this. We're going to go through several chapters of Proverbs. Because the Lord, I asked the Lord when she told me, hey, you want to preach on Monday? Or uh, she told me Monday, hey, you want to preach Wednesday? Sure, Father God, <laughs> what would you like? And he just said, go to Proverbs. I hadn't, he didn't give me a subject. He just said, go to Proverbs. Okay, let's do it. Amen. And Proverbs is good as... If you didn't know, you know it's got 31 Proverbs. Every single day of the, of the month, you can read one proverb. And it's a good reminder every single day. It kind of tells you the laws, and it gets you kind of straight in check, and you figure out, you know, instead of looking this and looking at other people, and you're like, oh, I know somebody like that. Yeah. You know? No, 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 no. Look at the mirror of the word. Amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, God's word is how he sees you, remember? Right? Amen. Amen. 
the Proverbs of Solomon to the son of David of Israel. Let's see. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. You guys are right. Come on. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Which is really interesting from what Lonnie just said. Remember wicked, what was his name? Haman. 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 Thank you. You guys are paying attention. Just checking. <laughs> wicked Haman. He had a short life. Yeah, because he didn't do this. He didn't, he didn't, he definitely didn't keep God's law. Did he? Yeah, well, he, he must have known what I was going to say here. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. We all know people who have cut their life short. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Wrap them upon the tablet of the heart. So shalt thou find favor. Remember, Lonnie was talking about the guy who had favor. And good understanding in the sight of God and man. Not just God, but man too. Amen. That's good. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thy own eyes. The wicked man thought he was wise in his own eyes. Everybody doing evil thinks that they are wise in their own eyes. They think that they are right for doing what they're doing. And they're not. Amen. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health unto thy navel and, and marrow to thy bones. But in here in the King James, navel also means thy body. So you can read it, it shall be health to your body. And also you could see it this way, your navel is, you know, right in your stomach area. You know your gut has lots to do with your health. Almost everything to do with your health. So think about that. You'll have a healthy gut. Sounds funny, but hey, wouldn't you want a healthy gut? Yeah, the root of all disease comes from there. Think about that. And marrow to thy bones. King James also translates it strength and refreshment. So it's strength and refreshment to thy bones. Amen. Who doesn't want strong bones? We all need strong bones. And look here, we're only, we're only eight verses through the Proverbs 3. And you got all kinds of healing. You got all kinds of favor from God, praise God. Honor, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thy increase. Again, that was the tithe message that he gave. So shall thy bars be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall birth with, without, with new wine. I guarantee you this works because it's working at my house. My stuff is overflowing to my neighbor's house. True. God bless her for letting me do that. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. We all need correction. That's for sure, especially when we think we're doing right. And we need to be steered the other way. From whom the Lord loveth, he corrected. Can you imagine him? He's like, I don't love that guy. You don't get corrected. You know, even as the father loves the son whom he delights, happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that giveth understanding. Let's see how far I have to go. Let's keep going. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain, therefore, of fine gold. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes you can't buy your way out of a spot, but if you have the knowledge to get out of it, you didn't have to pay for that. Hallelujah. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things canst desire are not to be compared to her. Length of days are in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. 
Her ways are the way of the pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He walked in peace all the time. You've heard me speak that before. She is a tree of life to them that lay a hold of her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. Wow, amen. Think about that. By understanding, he hath established the heavens. I could go on about that, but I got a lot of verses to go here. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. Hallelujah. My son, let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So that shall there be life unto thy soul. Your mind, your will, your emotion. There'll be life to your mind, your will, your emotions. And grace unto thy neck. Or favor unto thy neck. Then thou shalt walk in thy way of safely. And thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down, and thy sleep shall be sweet. Isn't that right, Pastor Ken? Yep, if you haven't heard him tell you that, you haven't been talking to Pastor Ken. Be not afraid of sudden fear. What are they trying to do now? What are they trying to do now? They're pumping fear into anybody that will do it so that you'll yield to it. It says here, don't be afraid. Why? Because you're supposed to incline your, your ear to his words and his sayings. Right there it says it. Don't be, don't be fearful of evil people, a sudden terror. Why? The only reason you'd be afraid is because you believe it would have more power than what you've got. And that you have no way out. But if you have the word of God, if you lean on this, if you lean on it so much, you can't even hear that baloney. Amen. Then it can't get in there. It can't seed itself in. Unless you yield to it. Once you yield to it, it's because you're afraid. You don't think you have the power to do so. And then all of a sudden, it plants itself in your mind. Yes, Father, I'll throw this one in here real quick. And I heard this today on the radio. And a lot of things on Christian radio, I just completely disagree with. So, you know. Where you stare, you steer. So in NASCAR driving, when they teach those drivers... When they get out of, you know, because uh, they're doing 200 mile an hour, their car is barely touching the ground. Right. I mean, it's floating, yes. nearly floating all over. And somehow they control that thing at 200, 219, 230. And they said, when it starts to slip, don't stare at what you don't want to crash into. Look at where you want to go, and it works every time. Because when you go in that fast, you can't control it. I mean, you're going to go exactly where you're staring at. So if you're staring at evil, if you're staring at fearful things, imagine yourself walking along the river and you see a dead animal there and you stare at it for a week and then you walk away and what do you think you're going to see for the next few days? You're going to see that dead animal in your mind. You're going to see death. If you're staring at it, you're not going to see anything else, which is the Word of God, not my tablet, the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Boy, the Lord's given a good message today. Amen. Where were we? Nobody knows? Were we on 26? 
You are right. Yes. You guys are paying attention. All right. Be not afraid of sudden fear or terror, neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. Who cares what the wicked want to do to you? You know, most of them just sit there and threat. Look, look, look through time, through the, especially through politics and all the things they want to threat. You know? Satan as a roaring lion. As a roaring lion. That's why it's written that way. As a roaring lion. He could say all he wants. But it doesn't mean he can actually do it. 26. For the Lord be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Wow. Amen. Amen. Withhold not good from them who it is due, when it is the power in thy hand to do it. Amen. Let's go over to four. Four, one. Are you keeping up with me? All right. Amen. Now, I have, I, okay, again, I'm going to say it. I'm not disrespecting the Lord. I'm laying some bricks here, okay? Amen. There's a lot of bricks. It's a foundation. This is, you know, it's a fortress. Amen. Thank you, Father. We're laying down your fortress right here. Four, one. Amen. Hear ye, children, the instruction of a father, and attend and know understanding, for he is your father. He wants you to have understanding. For I give you good doctrine, forsake not my law. Let's go down to four. He taught me also and said unto me, let thine heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. You know what kills you. You know what killed that wicked. You know, he wasn't keeping them. Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. For, forsake her not, and she shall, shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. All you that are married, you know that your wife keeps you and preserves you. I mean, my wife does, for sure. Amen. And she's in Branson, Missouri right now, watching us live. Amen. And she got snow, and we didn't, so hey. <laughs> Amen. Let's see. Where were we? See? See? Got to be on your toes now. Forsake her not. She shall preserve thee. Love her and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. With all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she shall deliver unto thee. How can you not like this? Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings. There it is again. And, my, and the years of thy life shall be many. A wicked person doesn't have many years. They cut it short. I have taught thee in the way of wisdom. I have led thee in the right paths. When thou goest, thy step shall not be straightened, which actually means shall not be hindered. And when thou runnest, thou shalt not stumble. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. Enter not into the path of the wicked, and go not in the way of the evil men. Avoid it. Pass it. Pass not by it, turn from it, pass away, and pass away. 
Let's look here in the Amplified on 15, 415. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn from it and pass on. Amen. Let's jump to 18. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more to the perfect day. That light should be shining in you. I noticed when I go to, and I'm not mentioning, you know, when you have your own business, which I do, and you have customers, there's some things you just avoid talking about because you can upset the customer and you won't want to, right? Then it's a business relationship. You're there to give a service, and that's it. If they ask, then you can go into it. If they don't, then you don't press them. So a lot of these people have no idea that I'm a Christian or, or whatnot, and I'll be talking to them. And they'll be talking to me about here's a John, and we'll be talking about the situation. And they'll slowly, they'll start working their way over. They're magnetized to it. Yeah. They can't help it. They don't know why. And I know why. I do too. And by the time they hit it, their face, the whole stature of their face is different. And the Lord's talking to me, and he's saying, it's because I'm in you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And they don't know why they keep calling me, other than they have a clogged drain. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Okay, where were we? See, I'm testing you now. Oh, thank you. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shineth more and more into the perfect day. The way of the wicked is darkness, and they know not what they, why they stumble. They don't even know why. And it's obvious to a Christian why. My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health unto all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Oh, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. Hallelujah. Let's see. Make sure I'm on track here. 21. Let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life unto those that find them, and health unto all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away a forward mouth and perverse lips, which perverse means not ought be. Anything that's perverse, not ought be. I learned that from Kenneth Copeland just the other day. It means not ought be. So your lips that are saying those perverse things, it not ought be. If you have perversity in your life, it not ought be. Put it far from thee. Let the, uh, thine eyes look right on, and let thy eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, or to the left, let thy, remove thy foot from evil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Proverbs 5.1. My son, attend to my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard disaggression, and that thy lips may keep knowledge. Hallelujah. Are we kind of forming the same type of bricks going on here? Do you see a... See a pattern happening? 
Amen. Amen. Proverbs 6 2. There art snared with the words of thy mouth. There art taken with the words of thy mouth. Wow. So we get a. So we have. He's talking about not letting his heart. Not letting his words depart from you. Getting wisdom. Getting understanding. Watch what you're saying. Many times. Many, many times in here. He's talking about. You know, why the wicked are being killed and how your life is being extended. Amen? If your life has turmoil in it, if for some reason you're constantly getting sick and you just seem every time you turn around something's going on, I mean, yeah, you can blame it on Satan all day long, but that doesn't do you any good. You need to do something about it. It's within your power. You're higher than him. You're higher than the angels. You're right next to God. God lives in you. The little kings and priests and queens, you know, you're little gods. The Word of God says you're little gods. Amen. Proverbs 7. Proverbs 7, 1. Yeah, amen. Let's take a lap. There we go. My son, keep my words. There it is again. And lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. And my law as the apple of thy eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them on the tablet of thine heart. Wow. If you're doing that, here it comes back into your DNA. Intertwine it about your DNA. We'll come back to that. Proverbs 8, 10. Receive my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. There it is again. For wisdom is better than rubies and all of the things that may be desired are not to be compared with it. Wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom is higher than those things. A material thing can't, can't get you as far as wisdom can. Not even close. When you leave this planet, none of your stuff goes with you. I'm not sure if any of you knew that. Just throw, throw that out there. None of it goes with you. This stays here. It gets broken up in between relatives and other people. And it's the wisdom that you have uh, within your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions that gets you either through the gates or, you know, somewhere else. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. I guarantee that works. I guarantee that works. Amen. Let's jump to 15. By me, kings reign. Is there any kings in this place today? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, every one of you should say yes. yes. <laughs> and princes decree justice. By me, princes, rules, and nobles, even judges of the earth. I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. It's called being prepared. 
Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. Durable means enduring. My fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. Amen. Amen. Let's go to, let's see if I'm right here, 35. For whoever findeth for whoever findeth me findeth life and shall obtain favor of the Lord. There it is again. Favor from the Lord. If you're finding his words in your heart, make them your DNA. Kicking out fear. Fear is just you either have faith or fear. If fear is working, your faith is not working. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own mind, will, and emotions. All they that hate me loveth death. When I came across that scripture, the Lord's like, hey, wait a minute. I want to say something about that. I said, okay, what is it? I said, what about those t-shirts that people wear that have skulls on them? Skulls on them, you know? They're actually being a mobile billboard. They're telling you what's in their heart. They're advertising death. And it's through an image. Casting out imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So it's an image that gets in your heart, in your mind when you see it. And they don't care. They walk around with it and... You notice it's just like a normal shirt. They don't think anything of it. Yeah, they tattoo it on themselves. That's right, they do. And they display it forever. I think that's even worse than a t-shirt. That tattoo cost them money, didn't it? That t-shirt cost them money, didn't it? So with that thought, Pastor Nancy stated, what you fund is what you honor. So they had, to, they had to fund that tattoo. They had to fund those t-shirts, you know. Think about all the other things that people fund that they put money into. And that's what they honor. That's scary. When you look at it through that light. So you can see the common theme from chapters 3 through 8 that he kept saying, incline your ear, listen to my instruction, don't let it get out of your heart, don't let it get out of your lips. I mean, unless you speak it, of course, but it doesn't ever leave you. Just because you speak it doesn't mean it leaves you. You know, you're actually putting it into motion, you're putting it into power. Your ears hear it, the people around you hear it, the, the spirits. You know, I'm not looking at male and female, I'm looking at a bunch of spirits right now. This is just your earthly shell that gives you permission to be on this planet. Without it, you can't be on this planet. Amen. Now we're going to get to some meat. Now that we've laid some foundation, now we're going to get to some meat here. Let's go to Colossians 2. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Father.
Yes, life is in his words. Life is in, in the Lord's sayings. Amen. Amen. Yes, Father, amen. We're going to start in the King James at 2.6, and then we're going to jump to the Amplified. But don't get ahead of me now. That was a joke. You guys can all laugh. It's okay. Amen. <laughs> yeah, come on. I'm funny. You know I'm funny. Support me here. <laughs> Amen. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. This whole thing, as we read this, think about what was said in Proverbs. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit. After the tradition of men, Amen. after their rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I have it written down in ink, in your body. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, in your body. And ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. You know, there's a scripture that talks about principalities and powers and them being evil ones. But look who's the head of all that. And if he lives in you, how can you fear anything? Amen. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh by the circum circumcision of Christ spiritually. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith that of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. In ye who are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of, of the sins by the flesh of the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him having forgiven all your trespasses. If you have given your heart to God, anything that you have done is gone. It's evaporated. It's dust. It's nothing. The only thing that is there is a memory, and Satan wants to use it like a broken record. I think there's somebody in here, I don't know who it is, but that record keeps playing of their past. 
And I believe when I read that, I, I heard it from the Lord. He's like, there's going to be somebody there. And I don't know who it is. Just because I look at you doesn't mean I think it's you. Okay? Because I don't know. And I don't care. My job is to help you. My job is to help the pastor do her job. So, whosoever's record is broken on the memory of their past, you need to take the record off the record player and just break it. Just throw it away. Your past is gone. It doesn't matter. If, you're, it within, if your heart is in God and the God is in you, you're righteous and you're just within right standing with God. He sees you and Jesus as the same. Amen. Let that be nothing to you. Let your memory be nothing to you. Your past is past. Leave it in the past at last. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That might be all I see about that. It may be not be. We'll see. Amen. Where were we? 13. Amen. Let's repeat it. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he hath quickened together, quickened together with him, having forgiven your trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and it took out, out of the way, nailing it to the cross. So all can see that it's done and over with. Hallelujah. And having spoiled principalities and powers, I really like this verse. And having spoiled principalities and powers that thought they were greater than you, that thought they had more power over you. And they didn't, because God lives in you. And he's the head of all principalities and powers. And he spoiled them. Destroyed it, basically. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphantly over them. Amen. Let no man, therefore, this is also where it's at. Okay, just wait till we get to the Amplified, because you think this was fun. Let no man, therefore, judge you in meat or in drink or in respect, in respect of a holiday, holy day, or the new moon or the Sabbath days. If they had more print, they'd keep going. Or the car you drive, or the clothes you wear, or the friends you hang out with. Amen, are you hearing me? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. This is good for me, too. Yes. Yes. Amen. I got gotcha. you. Amen. Let's see. Wow. That was good. Amen. Now let's jump over to the Amplified. I'm going to explain a few things more here. Amen. Let's go to 6. Uh, you know where we're at. 2-6. Hallelujah. Amen. As you have therefore received Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk, regulate your lives, conduct yourselves in the union and conformity to Him. 
Man, you're united to Christ. Have the roots. Have the roots of your being. Wow, have you ever, anybody ever seen a DNA string? Yeah, you know, in physics class, they show you a DNA string. Doesn't that not look like a root? Amen? Amen, amen, amen. I got something to say about that. Yes. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in Him. Fixed and founded in Him. Be continually built up in Him. Continually built up in Him. Continually. If it's in your DNA, all you got to do is look inside. Built up in Him. Becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith. Continually. Just as you were taught and abounding and overflowing in it with thanksgiving. Thank you, Father, for your word. That's being thankful for it. Right here. Have the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted. So when I first became an usher, I was asked by pastor and I was asked by Jim to be an usher. I think it took four times before I said yes. And then I was sitting in that chair where Sherry's at right now. And a vision hit me. It was during church. It was actually right at the beginning of a Sunday service. And, and a vision of a tree, actually roots, going right through my spine. It hit right down my spine. And the roots took off over the floor of this sanctuary, of this right here, whoosh, all the way across and deeply rooted. Right here. There's a scripture for that. Being deeply rooted, and I did. And then Mark, your son, came up after me. And he's like, whoa, you were nearly glowing over there. He saw it. Hallelujah. I've been deeply rooted ever since. Amen. Thank you, sir. Thank you for seeing it. Hallelujah. Amen. So in my, in my business, sewer and drain, Tree roots are the number one reason why I got to go and open a sewer line. So the, not that you guys really want to learn anything about a sewer line, but I have a point here to make. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, back in the day, back in the 20s, they used to just stick pipe together that was clay tile, three feet long. They just shoved them together, called her a day, you know. Well, they didn't have silicone. They didn't have rubber inserts that keep all that out of there. Well, eventually, like in wintertime, trees don't have any water because everything's frozen. They can't get it from the outside world, from the atmosphere. So it's got to seek it somewhere. So that tree, you know, five, six, ten feet down, it's not frozen down there. So it seeks that tree, the sewer line, if there's any crack in it, that tree will smell that and it'll go straight toward it. Plus it's like miracle grow if you kind of think about what's in a sewer line. I mean, you know. I mean, don't the farmers throw manure all over their fields? And it grows in there. And it just pinholes into that sewer line. And then it just horsetails really big. So it makes you look like I got a hole that big in your sewer line. But what's above in the tree, if it's a 50-foot tree, there has to be 50 feet worth of tree roots in the ground, at least. And one business that I worked for taught me it could be up to seven times. 
So if you have a 50-foot tree, you can have 350 feet of tree roots to hold that tree up. Yeah, just imagine what's above is below and stretch it out of your sewer line and I'll give you a business card at the end of the today. <laughs> yeah, I've already been to her house, so. <laughs> Again, I didn't, add, I didn't try to add the promotion. It just happened naturally, so. <laughs> Amen. Having, I'm going to read it again. Because now, now you can see what I'm seeing when I read this about being firmly planted. How about you guys when you came to this church? Did you feel firmly planted in the church? You know, do you feel you have a place? Is this your family? When you come here, is it, is it like a family reunion? I mean, you're my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's just like a family reunion. I get to see you all the time. In fact, I have to get along with you because I'm going to see you in heaven. So I might as well make good of it, right? Yeah. It's your brothers, or your, the other people in, in the world that, you know, the Word of God says, if you can get along with them, then please do. You know the scripture I'm talking about. Amen. Having the roots of your being firmly and deeply planted in him, fixed and founded in him, being continually built up, continually built up, continually built up. Stir up that thing that's inside you. You know that verse. Becoming increasingly more confirmed and established in the faith, just as you, that's called revelation knowledge. Just as you were taught. Okay, there's Proverbs right there. Everything we just read out of Proverbs, you were just taught that. I might have gone through it fast, but you can see what it says. Don't let it depart from your heart. Now you're taught that your life is in that word. If you're being attacked, it's because you're not checking yourself inside and getting that word. Maybe you're just thinking of the memory of that baked potato nourishing you. And instead of actually implanting that word, how do you implant it? You believe it. You believe it. You know what comes to pass is what you believe. I'm not saying just this word. It can. But if you stare at death, if you stare at fear, that's what's coming for you. And it's not going to come with a neon sign. Here I come. Here's one I wanted to get. And anybody that has listened to me at least once up here <laughs> knows this next part. So I'm going to read it twice because then I'm going to give you the definition of what it just said. Eight. We're on two eight. We're all good? Yes, Amen. 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 I have a good time? I don't want to cut you short. No, okay. Time. All right. See to it. Amen. See to it. That see to it that no one carries you off as spoils or makes yourselves captive by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense, following human tradition. This is exactly this is exactly where you guys came from. What it's talking about right here. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that until you said it earlier. I'm like, wow, that's, that goes for that too. I bet you do. I bet. Amen. That's more like, so you can think of a religious spirit at the same time, of all religions. 
Because you can notice a lot of religions will fear you into something. They'll fear you into something. This church doesn't fear you into anything. It gives you the word, and you should be happier going out than when you came in. Amen. See to it that no one carries you off as spoils or makes, or makes you your, yourselves captive by his so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense. I think it's great it says that. Following human tradition, human tradition, human tradition. Hallelujah. Men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world. Just crude notions following the rudimentary and elementary teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah. And here's my definition of that. Cookie cutter Christian. Cookie cutter Christian, one that wants to show you all those little imaginations and things that they think, and they want to appear great upon men. And, you know, I mean, this, I'm not trying to, I mean, I could really care less what you think of me, you know, because it's not, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying, I don't care what you think of me because it's actually not you that gets me to heaven. You know, I mean, I want you to like me. I want you to listen to what the Lord's saying through me. But if you don't like me, that's, I can't, you know, whatever. Hallelujah. Yes, amen. God's more important. For nine. For in him, the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily, bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. That's you. And you are in him, made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead. Wow. It's just those two sentences right there. Ten right there. And you are in him, made full and having come to fullness of life in Christ. You too are filled with the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. Hallelujah. And He is the head of, of all rule and authority of every angelic principality and power. Hallelujah. Amen. He's in you. It's not like you have to Go access that. Every single one of you, he's in you now. You all can say, just sit there in your seats. Father, forgive me of all my sins. Now you're within straight withstanding of God. Hallelujah. Amen. He sees you and Christ is the same. Look at everything that Jesus did when he, the anointing came upon him. You have that ability. Amen. It's our flesh that stops us. It's the fear. Our flesh is listening to that fear. Amen. Kick it out of there. Wow. Hallelujah. 
<laughs> wow, amen. And in him also you are circumcised with the circumcision not made by hands, but in spiritual circumcision performed by Christ by the stripping off of the body of the flesh, the whole corrupt carnal nature and its passions and lusts. Thus, you were circumcised when you were buried with him. Your baptism, which, in which you were also raised with him to a new life. <laughs> so you all taking your broken record that keeps hitting that needle, keeps repeating over and over again. You've taken that off and throwing it away now, right? Because right here it just says that you have a new life. You, you have moved up to CDs and DVDs now. They don't scratch as easy. And actually they have all electronical, so you can't scratch it. Amen. Oh, Hallelujah. Thus you were circumcised when you were buried with him in your baptism, in which you were also raised with him to a new life through your faith in the working of God. Through your faith in the working of God as displayed when he raised him up from the dead. Displayed it. It was on display. Wow. Hallelujah. Man, I almost have to get a grip here. <laughs> Run around here. Do it one more time here. All right. Wow, and it just keeps going. The hits just keep coming. But wait, there's more. And you who are dead in your trespasses, Whoever that is, right here, right here, is saying your past is dead, is gone. Hallelujah. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. And you who are dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, your sensual, your sinful carnal nature, God brought you to life together with Christ, having freely forgiven us for all our transgressions. Wow. I'm just, amen. We're just going to beat this into you. <laughs> and you who are dead in trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh and your sensual, your sinful carnal nature, God brought you to life. You're alive in Christ together with Christ, having freely forgiven us of all of our trespasses. You didn't have to pay for it. All you had to do is say, Father, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Boom, you're righteous. Now you're as powerful as Jesus was. Amen. Having canceled and blotted out. And wiped away the handwriting of the note, the bond, with his legal decrees and his demands, which was enforced and stood against us, hostile to us, 
When someone forces you, whenever you're being forced to do anything, you better recheck what's going on. You are not forced to know God. He doesn't, hey, it rains on the just and the unjust alike. If the just and the unjust both have a cornfield, the Lord's still going to let it rain on both of those fields. Amen? Therefore you eat. It doesn't matter if it's corn or the food that they get. It doesn't matter. The Lord's still going to let it rain on both. He's a good God. This is where even more, you're like, he's a good God. He even loves the unjust. He loves the heathens. It's, it's man that goes in there. It's your own thinking that goes in there and starts dividing. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Hostile to us. <laughs> We've seen a lot of that. This, note with its regulations, decrees, and demands, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross, which everybody saw. Everybody knows the cross. <laughs> and the hits just keep coming. Amen. 15? Wow. Y'all can read. <laughs> yeah, amen. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were raged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in the triumphing of them over them in him and in it, the cross. Hallelujah. Oh, my gosh. It, just, it keeps going. I mean, every single paragraph tells you that there's principalities and powers that are trying to get you to not think the way that you want to think. Your spirit wants God. But your flesh, your, that fear, that thing that you don't, you won't, I hear it. I see it, Father. Yes. Yes. You're attached. You're attached to the fear. It's been just the way of your life. You, you don't want to let go. You have fear of letting go because of the unknown. But it's usually the step required to get to there. You need to step out. That's why it's called faith. Faith is usually believing in something that you don't have evidence for. Other than the Word of God, you know, and we, we follow it, you know, as Christians we try to follow it as much as possible, but you still don't know what's going to happen. That's the whole point. Amen? Yeah, the Word of God says it. That's why it says, don't let it depart from your heart. Wrap it around your neck. Get it firmly around your fingers. It says all these things here. Hallelujah. Therefore, let no one sit in judgment of you in matters of food, drink, or with regard to the feast day, or new moon, or Sabbath. Such things are only a shadow of things that are to come, and they have only a symbolic value. But the reality, of, but the reality, the substance, the solid fact of what is foreshadowed, 
the body of it belongs to Christ. This is actually where I really wanted to get, was this next verse that's coming up. In the Amplified. And this is for every single person. You need to think about this. Let it, I hope you soak on it overnight. Let no one defraud you by acting as an umpire and declaring you unworthy. Nobody has the right to do that to you. No one. Hallelujah. The Lord really pressed it into my heart to make sure that this was said. I don't know. Somebody may be dealing with it. Maybe all of you are dealing with this. Let no one defraud you by acting as an umpire and declaring you unworthy and disqualifying you from the prize. Insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels taking his stand on visions he claims he has seen, vainly puffed up by his sensuous notions and inflated by his unspiritual thoughts and his fleshly conceit. And not holding fast to the head, which is capitalized. Yep, see, it's capitalized. Not holding fast to the head, from whom the entire body, supplied and knit together, supplied and knit together by means of its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. All of us knitted together, supplying each other, growing in God together. In unity. Remember there's a verse that I just read that talks about unity of God. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have... Hallelujah. If then you have died with Christ to material ways of looking at things and have escaped from the world's crude elemental notions and teachings of externalism. Why do you live as if you still belong in the world? Why do you fear as if you still belong in the world? Why do you submit to rules and regulations as such? Do you not handle this? Do not handle this. Do not taste that. Do not even touch them. This is even about Amen. Amen. God is above every name that is named. It doesn't matter what they call their next disease that they want to put on you. And for what I understand, they're working on it right now. Yep. Amen. Referring to these things, all of which perish with being used, to this is to follow human precepts and doctrines. Now we're going to run over to Isaiah 29.13. This is kind of where you need to think about your own actions. Again, when you read the Word of God, don't pick out people in your life that you're like, oh, 
It's that guy right there. He's doing evil. That ain't me. Guess what? You're, it's exactly you. <laughs> and the Lord saith, For as much as his people draw near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but remove their hearts and minds far from me, and their fear and reverence for me are, are a commandment of men that is learned by repetition without any thought to the meaning. There, I see this in religion all the time. I mean, and you know, a lot of people call it Christianity. Nope. Nope. And I'm like, yeah, no, that ain't, no. Therefore, behold. Yeah, amen. Therefore, behold. I will again do marvelous things with this people, marvelous and astonishing things, and the wisdom of their wise men will perish, and their understanding of their discerning men will vanish or be hidden. Woe to those who seek, who seek to hide deep from the Lord uh, their, their counsel, the Lord their counsel, whose deeds are not in the dark, who say, who sees us? Who knows? Come on. Can you really hide from God? No. Oh, your perversity. You turn to things upside down. That's called wicked, twisting it. That's why, it's, that's why Satan's wicked. He takes words and he twists them, makes them evil. Wicker furniture, those of you who are in the 70s, the wicker furniture that's twisted. Yeah, amen. You turn things upside down. Shall a potter be considered no more account than the clay? Shall the thing that is made say of its maker, He did not make me? Or the thing that is formed say of him, Who formed it? He has no understanding. It is not yet very little while until Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field esteemed a forest. And in that day, and in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and out of obscurity and gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. Wouldn't you just love it that everybody up at Capitol Hill all suddenly sees? Do you imagine the panic that would go on? I'm looking forward to that day. Amen. Ooh, 18, 19. The meek shall also increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice and exult in the Lord, uh, Holy One of Israel, in the Holy One of Israel. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see, what did I say here? Oh, gotcha. Yes, Father. Back to uh, Corinthians. Where was I at? Oh, sorry, Colossians. Here I am. Hallelujah. Let no one defraud you. Eighteen two eighteen. I know I said it already. In hearing, in hearing, amen. 
Let no one defraud you by acting as an umpire and declaring you as you unworthy and disqualifying you from the prize. Seeking the prize. Remember the verse that's talking about the prize at the end? Insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels, taking his stand on visions, he claims, as he is seen, vainly puffed up by his sensuous notions and inflated by his unspiritual thoughts and fleshly conceit. And then if you go right down to 23, such practices have indeed the outward appearance that popularity passes for wisdom in prompting self-imposed rigor of devotion and delight in the self-humiliation and severity of discipline of the body, but, but they are of no value in checking the indulgence of the flesh, the lower nature. Instead, they do not honor God, but serve only to indulge the flesh. Yeah. So this person, I mean, the person who, not in here, but the person who comes up to you to try to disqualify you from your dream, or where you know that you're supposed to go, thinking that they're smarter than you. Now, their name could be mother, brother, sister, father. It could be any of these things. Satan works to those people because he knows you respect them and you listen to them. And you don't want to hurt their feelings and all that little goober stuff. Right? Every one of you have known somebody in your life that have tried to steer you the wrong way, but they, they really... You know, did they know? Did they not know? Were they jealous of you? It's amazing how people fight for power. Amen? Amen. How much time we got? Oh, we're getting late. And we'll top it off with this, okay? I'm almost done. Colossians 3, 1. Ready? If then you have been raised, amplify it, if then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, you share it with him. Aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above, the higher things and not the things that are on earth. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died. Hallelujah. And your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. Amen. I'd read five, but it gets off of my message. Amen. Amen. Make sure this is it. Amen. I got through all of my message. I'm surprised. Amen. And I didn't keep you too long. Not that I don't think I... Wow, this is actually correct. A little... Yeah, it actually is. Every single one of you should know now. There's even after just 
Just a short message. Every single one of you should know that the words of God give you life. And the opposite way is, is the way that if you don't heed his instruction, if you put perverse things in your lips, things that not ought be, you know it. When you say it, you know it. Your spirit goes, hey, that wasn't right. And then you have a check in your spirit and in your heart, and you know that that wasn't right. And you go back and correct it. Father, that's not what I meant. That wasn't it at all. Forgive me. Boom. It's awesome. We don't have to go kill our sheep and shed our blood and all this. We have the power of our words. How much more powerful are our words because Christ went to the cross? We still have livestock. <laughs> we don't have to kill them all. Amen. Amen. Tony is going to take Pastor Ken's offering. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. Yep. Pastor Ken has always stressed about spending more time in the Word. There's a reason for it. Because he knows, and we know, we should know, that spending time in the Word is spending time with Jesus. He is the Word. Amen. And so he reminded me of um, Martha uh, and Mary, where um, Martha invited Mary, uh, Jesus over to the house and Martha got busy fixing the food and the lunch and Mary sat down at Jesus feet she was spending time with Jesus Amen. she was spending time in the word what do you think she was getting out of it amen. wisdom and knowledge yeah amen she got to know Jesus spend time with him and she was pulling it out of him as she's sitting at his feet but Martha she was so busy she was, it says she was, um, she was overly, overly occupied, too busy, was distracted with much serving. And she came up to Jesus and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me, to lend a hand, to do her part along with me. She was trying to force Jesus to do something she wanted to do. And she was too busy. We've got to make sure that we don't get so busy that we don't spend time with Jesus. Spend the time in the Word. In these last days, we're going, to have, we're going to have to know where we're going. We're going to have to know who we are. We're going to have to... Uh, We're going to need to spend more time with him and less time doing your own thing. So there's so many people too busy to come to Bible studies, church, and you're not sitting, and let many people go home, they get so busy, they're not sitting and reading the word. And so you're denying Jesus. There's people that walk out of here when pastor's teaching. See, they're walking out on Jesus. Right? So we're going to have to know who we are in Christ. We're going to have to know our authority. We're going to have to know in these last days 
We're going to have to have wisdom and knowledge and understand and discernment what's going on. And he's not going to leave you in the dark. He's going to navigate you through. But if you don't spend time in the word, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be destroyed. I, just play, play out. You see, also, Pastor Ken, not only is he as a, as a pastor who, who, um, who sets example for us about spending time in the word, but also he's an exhorter. A lot of people don't understand what exhorters are, but he's, he encourages you, which people like. Sometimes he can urge you. But other times, people, he, he warns them, and they don't like it. But pay attention to what he's saying. Pay attention because it's for your own good. Because God is using them to try to get you in the word so he can navigate you through these last days. That you will not be destroyed. That you'll be able to take your authority and know who you are. What he was talking about is so important. you got to know who you are. you got to know your authority. And you got to know how to navigate, like I said, in this, these last days. Otherwise, you're in trouble. And you need to bring your Bibles to church. I, I know somebody's going to get mad at me, but Pastor Hank Kuhneman went to, uh, went to a healing seminar. And uh, Joan Hunter. And he was amazed at how many people didn't even bring their Bibles, but they had their phones. They didn't bring them. He said, in my church, you'll bring your Bible. You'll put your eyes before my word. You're an example for other people because they see you doing that. And the young people never know other ones copy. Next thing you know, when he was talking, they had eight cameras in their church. And the camera pokes down on a guy standing there as Pastor Pank's talking about bringing your Bible and put it before your eyes. And, and he was actually texting on there. And it showed one of the eight cameras got, got a close-up what he was doing. That's what's going on in church. That's what's going on in a lot of churches. But also when people see you not reading your Bible, they do start bringing their phones too. And then what happens is they never know where Genesis and the, where the books are. They can't navigate through the Bible. So they say ignorant. You've got to bring your Bibles. And I know Pastor Kim would stress that. Bring your Bibles. Get in, your, get in the Word. Follow what Pastor, Pastor's teaching. Follow along what she's saying. Listen, sit before Jesus and pay attention to what Jesus is saying. Take notes. Don't sit there. Take notes. At least write the scriptures down. I don't know. I didn't mean to say all that. But we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to give uh, an offering tonight to honor Pastor Ken uh, because we appreciate him so much. I know there's been times where he warned me, and I, I, he didn't know, but I didn't like it. <laughs> but, but... When I got in the Word and started reading it, I found out, hey, I was wrong. So don't, be, don't jump to conclusion that when he says it warns you about something, you get angry, mad at him, and you don't find out the truth yourself. Amen? All right. You can pass out the uh, envelopes. And if you're writing a check, make it out to Pastor Ken. Don't make it out to Jackie, because otherwise she'll spend the money. I know, she'll go to Walmart. That's about the only one we got here anymore in Fremont. Well, Father, we thank you for Pastor Ken. We thank you, Father God, for what he, what he stands for, what he does, and how he, how he influences us. And so to appreciate him, we want, we want to sow into his life because of what he does for us, and how you use him, Father God, to help us. 
So we just ask you, Father, to bless him beyond measure. And he's, he's, eight, he's turning 80, but he's on his way to tw- uh, 120. We decree he's going to get there, too, in Jesus' name. Unless Jesus comes, of course. Amen.